just shut up. Don't they know there's history and it not come out? Don't they know that we are trying to record our podcast? Don't they know we're trying to tell the good word podcast <laughs> of the Lord? <laughs> I mean, right now it is because it's your day. That's true. It's my day. It's your you day. You didn't know my last name is Lord. <laughs> it's, it's on all the business cards and yeah, all the things. Everything we post. But we don't say it a lot, though. No. But, you know. That's, yeah. I make a lot of jokes because I'm also, you know, Christian. Uh-huh. So I make a lot of Lord jokes and like that one. What's it? You're telling me someone misspelled it L-U-R-D? Dude. Okay. <laughs> so my, my uncle passed away like a couple years ago. And so, but I was like in charge of his estate. And so I still get his mail. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to go through when I get the mail and call those people and be like, Hey, my uncle died. Stop sending me mail, which is just like a weird exercise one because, you know, that's a, it's a weird conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do it like all in one day. So I'll have that same conversation like eight <laughs> yeah, times and yeah. I'll feel like I'm just like in Groundhog's Day where I just <laughs> say the same thing over and over again. Right. Which slightly worries me that I'm going to like say that to other people. <laughs> be like, Hi, my uncle died. Uh, stop sending us mail. Um, but... Yeah, one of them, my last name is Lord, L-O-R-D, right? And my parents, when I was younger, I always remember them spelling it every time they'd say it, and I always thought it was weird. Yeah. Because uh-huh. it's just a noun. <laughs> it's such a like normal a word. Like a normal noun. Yeah. And so, but now I spell it every time, almost always too, because people don't hear you right or something. <laughs> and Once, I, I thought it was going to be stuff like L-O-R-D-E. And they do that a lot. Which, which thanks, Lord. Which, uh, Stupid. I mean, that one's almost acceptable in a way because it's silent. You're just putting too much effort into it. Right. But well, when they, and because there's, like, a famous artist yeah. with that name. But when you start going, like, Lord. Yeah, somebody the other day was like, is it L-O-U-R-D? And I'm like, no. L-O-R-D. Lord. I've been having a lot of trouble with our um, address, too. Yeah, fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Every time they're like. There's a fifth in there. They're like, zit? And I'm like, What? <laughs> You know, like Zit Road or whatever. Faith? And I'm like, what? No. 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 It's 5TH. Like the number 5TH. No. No, it's 5. And they're like, oh, fifth. And I'm like, yeah, what? And you should be like, what? Zit? Zit? (laughs) Zerp? Zoopity? Wigawam? Batman symbol? (laughs) This is hysterical history. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about history. And we're funny about it or something? Question mark? Maybe. mark. Unsure if funny, but you be the judge. Tell us. I'm Haley. I'm Alexis (laughs) L-O-R-D. Today. It's Alexis with an O-R-D. Yeah. And an L. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the L. Very important. Once when I was a child, I won some award in my elementary school, and they announced my name as Alexis Ford. (laughs) So close. Yep. So far. If you turn it upside down and add another line, it's an F. Mm-hmm. See, and I, I'm like the opposite. There's so many different <laughs> ways to spell Haley. I literally don't yeah. care if people misspell my That's name. Fair. It doesn't even bother me. That no. It's just confusing. Like, why is it happening? When it becomes a different sound, it's weird. Also, <laughs> when I was in high school, we had a substitute teacher who also, he wasn't like, a random substitute. He taught at our school, and mm-hmm. he just had a free period, so he went to do that class. I think they were just lacking a substitute. Yeah. 
Um, and he was like a Spanish teacher, and he was Hispanic, but he went down the roll call, read my name, and then started laughing really loudly. Oh. Like he thought it was a joke. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like other, joke other kids looked at me in class like they were like, <laughs> what's up with this happening? Because they thought that we had some sort of like relationship. Like it was an I had, joke. I had never met him. No. I just knew other kids had his class. Right. And I knew I could have his class. I didn't. Um, but yeah, he just like was like bullying me about my name. <laughs> the so teacher. Weird. It was very weird. Uh, strange. Have I ever said on the podcast that my town was so small growing up that the mayor used to substitute sometimes? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> and we'd be like, so are you more the mayor right now or more of a substitute? She's like, right now, where are my substitute pants? Right. And we would like. Oh, that's uh, cute. Like rag on her about different uh, municipal projects. <laughs> She's like, these kids are too smart. I would like uh, the kindergartners. We're like, Please. that public clock you're building in the in the public park in the is, middle of the road is like nasty, and we hate the design. It's terrible. Fix it. We can't believe you're using our parents' tax money. And on she's this. like, it's too late. I'm wearing my substitute pants, and you can just shut up. <laughs> la 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 la. She looks <laughs> not listening. I am the mayor, and you will be silent. Shut up. It's <laughs> great. So today, I want to start. We already started with all that nonsense. Yeah. But I also want to start with. Um, we got. A review on Stitcher, uh, and I recognized the name on it. Speaking of names, speaking of names, I re- well, I recognized the series of letters. I should say because mm-hmm. it was like J T A P W, and I was like, I've seen these letters in this configuration before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'm sure it's somebody we know, mm-hmm. like oh, one of our one of our lovely fans out there. Hello. And uh, it was. It was uh, Jill. Jill. Uh, Canadian so- Jill. Uh, Canada Jill, you're so sweet. You're so great. Thank you so much. And she left us a review on Stitcher that says, hilarious and educational all at the same time. And I'm Yay. like, oh, man. <laughs> that's uh, First of all, that's the right order of things. Yes. Hilarious and then educational. <laughs> yeah. If even. Uh, we And we I appreciate endeavor. that you put it on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that you you feel like you're learning something. That's good. Good. Uh, It says, I love this show so much. The two hosts examine obscure historical events and people, but their discussions feel more like you're sitting around a kitchen table with friends learning something new rather than forcing knowledge into your head. And I'm like, great. History is so much more acceptable when you realize that it's just people being like, you know what I heard about so-and-so? Yeah. It's just gossip and goofing (laughs) off. It's gossip about dead people. Yeah. (laughs) It's the best, man. It's great. And it's just like, it's so sad to me that people dislike history so much because they think it's so boring. And it's like, no, it's about people. Like, everything that you watch and you yeah. like is about people. It's all just narrative. It's just dead people. Narratives and stories and rumors. And it's yeah. really interesting. It's exciting. And sometimes it is boring because, you know, True. life isn't always interesting. Right. But. Like, not every day of your life is fascinating and exciting. But... <laughs> yeah. Not every day does someone misspell your name and put a U in it like me. Yeah. High drama. So exciting. <laughs> Shakespearean almost. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I know a thing. Uh, it says, fun facts and lots of jokes make it way more fun to listen to than other historical podcasts I've listened to. Ooh, burn. Ooh, the shade of it all. <laughs> but way to not mention anyone specific. We yeah. appreciate it. It is a trend. Yeah. Uh, they said, which tend to be as dry as a cracker. 
Yeah. It's true. I will not name names, but I listened to one last night because it was like 30 minutes, and it was about my topic, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to make sure that they didn't have any secret information about it that I didn't already know, and they didn't, and it was just like, I paused it like eight times because I just got bored, and I was like, no, you have to listen to it. It's like NPR, but worse. Because, um, like, NPR can get my attention because they, sure. they know how to, you know, make a story. Yeah. Uh, but they also can be, like, too soothing, and then you're like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a good problem sometimes. True. Except people listen to it in the car all the time. Yeah, that's dangerous. Like, you should not be my radio Don't. ASMR. Don't do that. Don't. Uh, every week I can't wait to download their new eps. Definitely worth a listen. Thank you, Jill. Jill, you are so sweet you're and a tender. Sweet and sweet little peach. Wonderful. Yeah, Canadian peach. Canadian peach, <laughs> which I don't think they have. I mean, I'm sure they uh, import them. Yeah. But banned. <laughs> they banned do in not Canada. grow them, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, but maybe they do. They can grow pineapples in England. They can grow peaches wherever you want, probably. And you can build a greenhouse anywhere. That's true. <laughs> build a greenhouse today. Grow some California peaches. Or Canadian peaches. Canadian peaches. That's <laughs> why I said Canadian. I also said California first. I'm having a time already. Yeah, it's, it's going to be my good, episode. It's going to be a good so podcast. It's going to be exciting. I can tell. And before we even start, I want this was not we haven't started yet. Uh-oh. I want uh, Haley. We did a uh, Mad Lib last night. We have some historical Mad Libs and some Shakespearean <laughs> Mad Libs, and we did one last night. And I want you to read it. So you probably need your glasses right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can read things up close. Okay. Uh-oh. So, yeah, read it Uh-oh. for the audience. Because last night she had me just pick some words. She's like, give me an adjective. Yeah, and I wouldn't tell her what it was because it's related to uh, the today's episode. So now you can see what it is. Oh, I know what we're going to talk about. I know what we're talking about. <laughs> I know what we're talking about. Uh, Henry V, Act 4, Scene 3. Which you Shakespeare nerdos are like, ooh, yeah. Oh, man. Ooh, get that Christmas speech out. And everybody else is like... Whatever. Okay. Nerd. Sure. All right. Uh, so this is Henry the fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Crispin Day speech. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this halibut and comes safe home will sashay o tiptoe when this day is named. <laughs> <laughs> he that shall see this day uh, and live old corkscrew <laughs> will yearly on the vigil f- feast... This horse, his horse cows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and say tomorrow is Saint Crispin. Uh, then will he strip his musk and show his scars? <laughs> Gross, uh, nasty. Uh, then shall our names familiar in his weeness as household words: <laughs> Nicholas Cage, the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and John Travolta, <laughs> Salisbury and Danny DeVito. Be their groovy cups freshly remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to drink some groovy cups. <laughs> groovy cups. This story shall the good squirrel teach his son. <laughs> and uh, Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the thong. Mm-hmm. But beavers in it shall be remembered. We few, we sweaty few, we band of breadsticks. <laughs> Yay. It's a very famous speech. Very famous all about... Really important details. It's um, it's a it's a pump up speech before a basically a suicide mission. Yeah, pump it up. 
So you can be remembered by those sweaty breadsticks. Mm-hmm. Holla. Mm-hmm. Until those... the thong disappears. Mm-hmm. Until the thong is gone. Which we all know will never happen. You'll be ranked among the names of legend, like <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Oh, I also have to <laughs> let everyone know that we, we recently put up a dry erase map in our oh, yeah. uh, studio. Our, our recording studio. Our recording studio. Uh-huh. Maybe once we put up our curtains, we can call it that. Yeah. But uh, we we went through all of our episodes to be like, where have we done episodes? So we can kind of like have a visualization it's of like them. A, our geological on, or geographical spread. Yeah, on the map so that we know like what's been covered a lot and what hasn't been covered at all. Mm-hmm. Turns out mm-hmm. <laughs> we do... Episodes about France constantly. Yeah. Both of us, which makes me feel better. Yeah. Because Alexis of course I worried. do. Alexis was worried. Because of course I do. But, uh, you know, yeah. I'm a Francophile. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We only think about France all the time. And so when I was like, oh, but a lot of these are Haley's, and I'm like, I feel better now. I got it. A lot of cool science goes down in France. A lot it's of good, true. A lot of good literature. A lot of good monsters. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. France is just a funny place. I've been there. It's hilarious. The French are inherently very funny. <laughs> and easy to make fun of. <laughs> yeah. It's part of why I love them. Oh, also note, every now and then we'll see someone has listened in a country and we'll be like, uh-oh, they're going to hear us talk about them. Yeah. So people <laughs> listening in Finland, sorry that we have crapped on Finland multiple times. We do love you. We only crap on those we love. Like, I'm basically from the same, like, uh, longitude yeah. Well, in my or latitude, my uh, DNA profile from my ancestry yeah. DNA updated recently, and I'm like two percent Finnish or something. We get it, which is unsurprising. We like the more we rib on you, the more we love you. Yes, honestly. But anyway, today we're gonna talk about Charles the Sixth of France. So we're doing France again, but this one was requested, so it's yes. not my fault. It's a different uh, Charles. Than the other ones. Than the other He's Charles number six. <laughs> he's the weird one. And he's also known with the uh, epith- epithets. I almost said epitaphs. I always get them confused. Mm-hmm. The epitaph. <laughs> he's also known by the epithets Charles the Well-Beloved <laughs> or Charles the Mad. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, varying opinions on him, I guess. Either, either, you know? You know, there, you can never just be like the Charles the Mundane. Charles, <laughs> no. Charles the middle <laughs> I read one article for this, and some of those people's epithets were so funny like that I what? could hardly handle. Hold on. Like, epithets for the same person or different? Different people. Okay. But they all had amazing ones. Sometimes they're just like, oh, gosh, I, I really just want to know everything about you, if this is what you're known for. If you're known as, like... Louis the Squiggly or something. <laughs> squiggly. <laughs> like, what does it mean? What did you do? Uh, Clovis the second, the do nothing of Neustra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Char, or sorry, Childeric the third, the idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not uh, subtle. No. I think that's it. That was most of them. But. I'm Childrick. Oh, which one? The idiot. The idiot. The third. <laughs> and they're like, you mean the idiot. I love that. Uh, Yikes. This this conceit that he's naming himself that to strangers. <laughs> I'm the idiot You one. may know me as the idiot. <laughs> oh, but in French, that's uh, Charles Le Bien Ami or uh, L'Incense. 
Cool. There you go. I got to speak French for this episode. Um, people think that this Charles is the basis for Game of Thrones character King Eris the Mad King. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who's Danny Eris's uh, father. Yeah. Who goes psycho and then he gets murdered by mm-hmm. his friend. Mm-hmm. Because he's crazy. Because he lost his mind. Because he's, like, ordering wars that do not need to happen. <laughs> hey, why are we... So, bye. Why are we doing this? Why uh, so many people got Because I'm die. the king and I said so. Yeah. And a lot of the articles I read about this were like, this is why it's nice that, you know, even if you possibly don't like who the president is currently, I wonder if these are modern <laughs> ones or not, um, uh, yeah. at least we have a system there, it's where a, it changes. It's a pretty good system. Right. Fairly robust. Whereas, uh, you know, in this version, you're going to be like, wow, somebody really should have gotten rid of him. And it's like, <laughs> well, eventually. You can't. Uh, you have They're to, called by God. You have to murder them and hope <laughs> that you have to, like, wait until you're pretty sure that the stuff he's doing is, like, not stuff God would want. Yeah, and even then, murder a lot of people him. are going to be mad at you. Yeah. And you're probably going to get beheaded. That's when you need a good poisoner. Yeah. Good luck. Anyway, so before all the crazy <laughs> happens, tell me everything about this man. He's born on December 3rd, 1368, in Paris, France. Mm. He also dies in Paris, France. He never leaves Paris, which that's not true. I mean, he does. Why, why do you need to Why leave? leave? When, when, when does he live? Uh, 1368. Okay. And I'm going to let you know what's oh, going just, on. Just like really, a really great time to be alive. You're oh, gonna, it's the best, you're especially gonna, in France. You're going to uh, hit that like... Peak like plague times. It's yep. gonna be mm, <laughs> it's so good. Real good. It's gonna be so good. So we're gonna step back a little bit to give you the context of what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, the plague is gonna hit real good while he's alive. <laughs> he's gonna get prime so plague. That's a good time. Yeah. Um, and with the plague comes, you know, raiders and people just setting random things on fire for and fun. He, and he's in an urban center, so it's much better for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good place to be. Yeah. Uh, also, France and England are currently experiencing the Hundred Years' War. Which I, which is, uh, there's a lot of times when they're currently. Yeah, it lasts more than a hundred years. And <laughs> the time, yeah. it's weirdly named. Um, and I've never been more interested in that war until I read the stuff about this guy. Because almost always, it's like, it's a little too old for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm more into, like, post-Renaissance stuff. Like, yeah. I'm kind of into Renaissance stuff, but not really. I'm, I'm, like, in, once the Enlightenment hits, you're like, okay, yeah, now now we're, yeah. get, now we're getting into the Enlightenment. good I'm really into, like, colonialism is really, mm-hmm. like, fascinating to me, so that's a fun time, but that's yeah. way later. So, like, this kind of is boring to me. And it's like, and especially this war is, like, weirdly complicated in that it's like, it's kind of France and England are having a situation and then everyone else goes, I'm mad too at someone else. Yeah. And they just start punching each other. <laughs> Because that's what Europe does. Like, a war starts between two people, and then everybody else is like, I want to kill someone. Let me do it. It's too cramped. There's no room. <laughs> it's true. It, it turns into a bar fight where it's like, oh, we're fighting now? Yeah, a little right, like wall a, fight. A stray punch hits someone, they assume, and they take that as like, oh, but I'm mad at that guy in the corner who's yeah. nowhere near me, so I'm going to go punch him. Because mm-hmm. I'll just say he punched me even though he was nowhere near me. But I was punched. So therefore, mm. you have to die now. <laughs> and it's so weird you because have to die now. the Hundred Years' War isn't like... 
they're not fighting straight for hundreds of years. They take, they're, you they know, take naps. long breaks, yeah. you know, like decade breaks. And so then I'm just like, what is happening? It's never, you know, signed it. And it's dull. Yeah. Right. And so then I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> um, but this made me interested in it. Okay, generally. cool. Awesome. Um, and, and Charles is sick, or, yeah, the sixth. He's like a puzzle piece in the middle of like a whole bunch of other, th- like, episodes. I think all of which I've done, which is not surprising because yeah. it's French. Um, that I was like, oh, he's this, and then because of him, this happened, so yeah. it's very exciting for me. It's going to be like a little mini series. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to unfold it, and you're going to be like, oh, man, he's like the centerpiece of all these other, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, man. That's why it's exciting. But anyway, the Hundred Years' War is happening, which started in, uh, 1337, Leet, and, uh... <laughs> uh, nerd. <laughs> and that's because Edward III of England decided that he also had a claim on the French throne. You know and so why? he was like, I think I should be in charge of France, too. And France was like, no. Mm, we you, disagree. You can't just come in and be in charge. I mean, you could. And he's like, but I did... I followed the line back, and somebody <laughs> French was like my aunt or something. The math maps out. Yeah, he pulls out his like <laughs> chart and you know his pointer. It's like, but look at this chart. It's and then little... everybody's like, we don't care. You're an English dude. We don't want to be English. And then he's like, well, I'm gonna fight you for 150 years about it. But you smell weird. <laughs> like an English pig dog. We're not putting you on the throne. So that's what they're fighting about. England basically decided that they should have France too because of ancestors, and France says no. So now they're punching each other a lot. But do you have a flag? (laughs) Um, So Charles is born in the house of Valois, which Mm. I know um, mostly because of uh, Mary and Francis. He's, He's also in the house of Valois. Um, so I was like, cool, but also consistently bad. Yeah. So good luck. <laughs> good luck. Um, have Take luck. <laughs> I'm going to read you a quote that says, The general po- prosperity of the previous century had collapsed in shrieking disaster for oh, France. Oh, no. With repeated weather-induced crop failures a few decades earlier, which provoked a struggle over the land that became the Hundred Years' War, yeah. which was nicely accented by the 1346 arrival of the Black Death mm-hmm. and the attendant loss of about one-third of the half, yeah. one-third to half of the population. Yeah, and then the peasants get all uppity and think they can, like, negotiate wages and nonsense and... Right. And it's like, people today, I think, take for granted a lot how good we are at crops now. Oh, yeah. Um, that, like, we're able to feed even half as many people as we do. 100%. Like, it, the, and that's the thing about plagues, is it's like, mm-hmm. normally, when a whole bunch of people die, all of a sudden it's like, well, now we have lots of land and food, and so, like, we can do it better. Yeah. But if you have all the people die at the same time when all the yeah. food fails, <laughs> it just becomes the same problem. Yeah. Um, except that also, now, lots of your friends are dead, and there's not as many people to attend to those farms. Mm-hmm. So then it's just still bad. And if they are going to attend to them, they're going to be like, well, now I have bargaining power. And it's it's terrible for you if you are noble. Right. I have another quote that says, most of the horrible things today we associate with the Middle Ages, plague, famine, ignorance, bandits roaming the countryside, <laughs> constant yeah. war, really date to this period yeah. al- alone. It's rough because, like, Middle Ages uh, historians are like, don't call it the Dark Ages, but this time period, it's like, it's really hard this not to... This very specific, like, uh, it, century. 
It's very, it's not good. Is the bad one. Even, like, just half a century, <laughs> yeah. really. Yes. From, like, the, the mid-1300s till the beginning of the 1400s. It's a bad time. It gets real intense and it's dark. Bad. All of a sudden. So, Charles VI yeah. gets crowned king on October 25th, 1380 at Rhymes, and he's 11 years old. Mm, good. That ends well, always, little, little every baby time. Boy. Every yeah. time. We've talked about other kings mm-hmm. that have become king when they were a child, and it's always good. It's one of those tropes of history. You don't put <laughs> tiny boys on the throne. But they're not entirely stupid about it. Mm-hmm. They leave him under the tutelage of his uncles until he uh, decides he wants to rule alone in 1388. Which is great, as long as your uncle doesn't kill you. Right, and they don't. Good for you, buddy. Um, I have some uh, quotes about him that make it sound like whoever wrote these had a crush on him. Ooh, I <laughs> like love the I histor- love it. like the historians who are running. I love it when you can. If you, I, I think it was on Tumblr or Twitter or something. It's like if this, it's not like really good practice if you can tell which yeah. person in the narrative the historian has a crush on. It's true. It shows uh, your bias pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. You know? We can tell who you want to bone. Uh, well, it says, He was handsome and chivalrous, and he found success in various tournaments oh, and military no. expeditions. Yeah. And that one's not even nearly anything compared to, He was a dreamy, sentimental, <laughs> agreeable, and pleasure-loving young man. It does not say that. Did it say so that? I had a quote oh, that said no. that. And I'm like, did you know him <laughs> personally? <laughs> Oh my gosh! If what you, if you dreamy, dreamy, right? Because radiant, handsome, and chivalrous. <laughs> like you could have. It's still like very nice, mm-hmm. but like you could have evidence of that at least somewhat. Right? You people know? talk about yeah. how he looks, or and whatever. like tournaments and military stuff is just like he's like a popular jock guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But the other one is like literally flirting with him, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, he uh, can't hear you. You know, he's crazy, right? <laughs> he's dead, it's like a lot, pretty bad, very dead. He's very dead. <laughs> so on, because his father died, he becomes king when he's 11, and his four uncles, the Dukes of Anjou, Berry, Burgundy, and uh, Bourbon, yeah. They cool. uh, become, like, his his uh, advisor dudes. However, um, they're not, like, the coolest. Mm. They don't kill him, which is nice. <laughs> it's, like, the minimum. Appreciate it. Yeah. But um, he technically has the right to rule when he's 14 by himself. Mm-hmm. So, really, he only needs their help for, like, three years. Yeah. But they're, like... No, let's finish your education yeah. and your schooling, and you can rule when you're like 21 by yourself. Of course, which is you know seven yeah. more years. That yeah, that's a long um, time. And one of the quotes specifically said, "Letting him finish his education and fully prepare to lead France out of the darkness." <laughs> Whoa, which I don't know if that's a quote from them, but it sounds like it was. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like it could be. They're like, you got to take the time to learn so you can lead France out of darkness. Out of the darkness. You're the hero. You're the the champion with the flowing hair and the radiant skin. And you're like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what his uncles are doing is they're taking a crap ton of money from the treasury. Oh, yeah. Of course. Which, um, 
his dad had actually built up a decent amount of money, even though they've been having really hard times. He's been, like, tucking it away mm-hmm. and, like, really pinching pennies, which is, you know, impressive for, a ro- like, anyone royal to do. Yeah. Like, that's really caring about your country when you're like, we have to have money and I can feel the bad coming and I see <laughs> it. It's going to get real bad. <sighs> and, and, like, that's part of, like, why people want... Uh, monarchs because they're hoping that you have a connection with God and God's going to tell you when the bad things are going to happen so that you can prepare for it. If I was a monarch at this time, I would wake up every night in a cold sweat. Yeah. I I would hope that I was going to wake up in a coma. (laughs) (laughs) That I was going to wake up and they were going to be like, you've been asleep for eight years. Everything's better now. Like certain other kings that we know. (laughs) We'll talk about later. Um, So... France is being ruled at that time not by Charles VI, obviously, but by his uncles and their uh, creation, which is the Council of Twelve. So they oh basically gosh. got eight more of their friends oh my and just had a bro club no, to rule France. Every, like, evil organization everywhere is, like, the uh, Club of Twelve. Yeah. The Council of Twelve. Right? Right. That sounds like it's, like, in a fictional, like, dystopian novel. I'm pretty sure, like, uh, you know... I've heard evil alien councils being like the Council of Thirteen. Right. Twelve is just slightly less <laughs> ominous. Yeah. But... Twelve is God's number, Haley. Yeah. Like, seven is mostly God's number, but he also really likes twelve. The Council of the Football Team. There's, like, you know, the, how, the tribes of Israel, and there's the apostles. Twelve. Mm-hmm. It's good. What about, about that thirteenth guy? What? There? No. Jesus. There. Jesus is the thirteenth guy. <laughs> Please. See? Council of Thirteen. There you go. Um... So Philip the Bold of Burgundy. <laughs> okay. Which I really like the bold, bold because it Phil. doesn't specifically mean a positive thing. No, he could just be like loud and boisterous. Yeah. He's the guy that won't shut up at the but beer table. But it does have like a positive connotation to it at least somewhat. Yeah. You know, it's better than like Philip the Brash. Right. Something whatever. with an ash sound like rash or yeah. brash or <laughs> yeah. crash. Philip the Crash. But he's from Burgundy, mm-hmm. which uh is a region of France. It's known for its outspoken douches. Yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, they obviously have dukes from Burgundy, like this guy. I think he's a duke. And uh, they are another royal house, mm-hmm. too. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's mostly Valois, Burgundy, and Orléans. Okay. Which will be the um, parties of interest. Um, and so he is in charge of this council in 1382. So, that's like six years before Charles decides he's doing it himself. Bold, bold Phil taking the helm. Yep, and so while they're chilling, they're like, hey, we're going to get you a wife. Because that's your first job. Get married. Yes. And so, they get him married to, it depends on where you read her name. It is either Isabella, Isabel, or Isabeau. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, she's from Bavaria. And, which is like, at the time, mm-hmm. a pretty big kingdom. Pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a pretty good marriage as far as just, like, alliances. Yeah. And the only, like, I feel like the only other two places that you'd really, like, strongly want a marriage potentially would be with England, who you're having a war with. And don't, don't do maybe it. maybe Spain. But it might be a little early to be looking into Spain. Yeah, I don't really know how Spain's doing in the 1300s. Right. Next, like, the next century, uh, they'll be doing good. Yeah. But right now, I don't I don't know anything about them. Mm, uh, yeah. So, I mean, nowhere is doing that well. <laughs> That's right. But Bavaria seems to be the logical choice. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, Philip arranges this. 
And he specifically is using it for his own purposes, of course, mm-hmm. because uh, he's inherited a countship of Flanders, and he needs German allies to uh, help him in case England tries to invade. Because Flanders oh, is very far north. Yeah. It's like on the ocean. It's like one on of, the sea. One of those border areas. Yeah. And so he's like, if I get in with the Germans, they'll help me prevent the English from attacking me. You know, if hopefully, you, if you need bodyguards, uh, Germans are kind of the way to go. Right. So he's like, Bavaria is good for me. So it's yes. good for France. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. And so uh, he introduces them. And apparently, um, Charles, uh, he's 16, I want to say. But he cool. sees her and he's like, she is hot and I'm into it. <laughs> good. That's um, good. I appreciate there's a quote that says, the attraction was only physical to begin with because she did not speak French and he does not understand German. So they can't talk to each other. <laughs> but it's But he's it's like, good. she is fine. I like it. Ooh, girl. Ooh, baby. She's hot. Which, once again, he's 16 <laughs> years old. So. so the threshold may be somewhat low. Uh, and he arranged for the marriage to take place immediately because he could hardly sleep till the marriage was consummated. That's a weird way of saying, putting it. <laughs> I agree. He could hardly sleep. Mm-hmm. 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 He could hardly sleep until they sleep together. Yeah. And so he meets her and they get married three days later, cool. which, like, is really fast. It's for, fast. Uh, even for royalty. Yeah. Usually you court somebody for, like, a month or two just mm-hmm. to, like, double check that, like, they're cool. Because usually you have, like, you know, other suitors, potentially, mm-hmm. um, or other prospects. And so you want to just, like, it's like going on an extended date. Yeah. You know, to be like, hey, is this definitely what we want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Luckily for Philip, Charles is like, yeah, her, good, right that, away. That one. Let's go to bed. Let's have people watch us have sex, because yes. that's what you do. That's what you do. You have to have, you know, witnesses. Yes. And uh, so they get married and go off and do their thing. And then um, as time goes on, Charles is getting older, and he's like, why do I have these dudes in charge of me? Like, how, like how old when he starts questioning? Um, it's like 1388 is the big break, and that's mm-hmm. when he is, I think, 19? Sure, that's a decent age, I suppose. I think around there. Like, if you, like, know your shiz, 19 is perfectly old enough to be running a country. Especially because he has been being trained to do this since yeah. he was a child. Right. Like, that's the thing, you know, when you're when you're the um, dauphin, as you are in France, yeah. um, which means dolphin. If you're the dolphin. If you're the dolphin of France, it, it, it literally does mean dolphin. It does mean dolphin. Like, it kind of, it means, like, prince to be king, and it means duke, kind mm-hmm. of, also. Like, head duke. But it means dolphin. But it literally means dolphin. And they have, like, dolphins on there, all, the, all their shields and stuff. Then that's that's why. It's but um like what where does where does this cycle of did, dolphins? How did that connect? I don't know. <laughs> why are you doing this? But he's like, why are all these people in charge of me? I know what I'm doing. I'm married and like I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So why are you still here? He's finally had sex. He's like, I know everything. I know how to do everything. And <laughs> his can't. wife is like, he can't even speak German, and it's irritating me. This idiot can't even speak. But German. I'm also like, why can't she speak French? I guess French isn't like the language yet, but, like... Yeah, they haven't had their, like, military thing. Yeah, but because of everything, it's like, it feels like it should be. Like, you should know how to speak French. (laughs) Come on! Frank Files like, hey, (laughs) learn French! But that's in, like, 200 years. It's like, everyone needs to know how to speak French. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, so Philip is trying to get uh, Charles's help with a problem he's having with English people. 
I mean, <laughs> mo, mo English, mo problems. That's right. Um, and he wants to lead an expedition against Duke William of Gelderland. That doesn't sound real. Maybe it's not. Maybe he's not English. Maybe he's German. That sounds more German to me. It, it Either sounds, way, what is the like fake? I don't even know what's fake. It's like the fake royal name they give. What's his face in a Knight's Tale? <laughs> I don't know. Sir so-and-so from Gelderland. (laughs) (laughs) But so what he wants, Philip is like, I want to fight these people. Okay. Because they're giving me problems. Yeah. And Charles is like, sure, I'll go over there. And he goes over and he talks to William and they make a speedy peace treaty and then he goes back to France. Good job. Uh, Yeah, like diplomatically. But Philip's not happy because he wanted to fight. He wanted the punches. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, whatever concessions he gave in this treaty, Philip's not, like, the most happy about. And he's like, no, all of that should be mine. I wanted all the apples. Right. And so that was in August of 1388. And then Charles is like, I can do this. Uh, And so he starts ruling by himself on November 2nd, 1388. All right. He's like, I can do this. I don't need you. Good for you. Let's see how it goes. The mad. (laughs) His uncles withdraw. Because, I don't know, if they don't, they're going to get killed, probably. I'm just imagining them withdrawing to, like, a a cave somewhere. Yeah, they're like, now I have to hide in a cave with candles. The Council of Twelve will now convene. Um, And the former officials of his father, Charles V, all reappear. (laughs) And they're like, hey, you need friends? You need advisors? We're here. I didn't know they were completely separate. That's a little weird. They were. That's a little weird. Uncles really took over. Cool. And so, uh, yeah, they weren't even on the Council of Twelve, I guess. Oh, my gosh. That's not cool. Okay. Um, oh, and the, the governmental people from uh, Charles V's reign are known as the Marmosets, um, which means little old men. <laughs> Just very cute. That is very cute. And so they come back in, and Charles is like, cool, help me out. Um, and when he takes over... Uh, economic and political situation in the country uh, has improved significantly since he's been king, right? Cool. They were having the bad problems, yeah. and he's fixed some of them. So, like, with those treaties and stuff he's doing, he's helping them out. Mm-hmm. So that's when he gets the um, epithet, the beloved. The beloved, good. When he's 21, they're like, he's doing cool business. He's doing really well. We like him. So, uh, the following winter, Charles is visited by anti-pope Clement Seventh <laughs> of just, Avignon. I love it. Woo! So this is when we have three popes. <laughs> Anti-pope. And he's the French pope that no one likes, <laughs> except for Charles. <laughs> and so he talks to Clement, and he's like, hey, we got to get you into Rome, baby, because then France yeah. is going to be on the tippity top. Oh, my gosh. That's going to just elevate you to the, to the like, just the doorstep of heaven. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's why we introduced him as the anti-pope. It doesn't work. And not the <laughs> yeah. pope. They don't recognize him as a pope anymore. <laughs> You're not the, the Catholic real church. You're not the real pope. He's one of two anti-popes from this time, and they don't like him. Gosh, and again, I just love the term anti-pope. It's amazing. It's a great word. It's great. There should be a supervillain called anti-pope. <laughs> that would be so good. Um... And, and then they'll increase their French power to Italy, though, so he's all like, we gotta do this. They yeah. have a whole meeting about it. And I'm like, you guys are dorks. And so, um, but people hear about this through the grapevine that he's, like, trying to get the anti-pope installed. And, you know, that's all the gossip right now is about anti-popes because mm-hmm. it's kind of a big deal yeah. for Europe. No one can t- talk about anything else. No. And uh, English King Richard II hears that and he's like, uh, excuse me. 
Uh, hell no. Because he favors Roman Pope Boniface IX, who will actually become the Pope. Like, literally anyone else but the French one. Yeah. To be quite honest. he's But he's still considered a pope now, so he was yeah. the real pope. <laughs> the legitimate. Outside of the two anti-popes. Mm-hmm. So um, he's mad because he's like, France doesn't agree with me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I'm like, they don't ever agree with you. A lot, of, a lot of conflict between France and England can boil down to, they don't agree with me. Yeah. They're, fr- France and England are the <laughs> ultimate frenemies. Oh, so that's great. They get, like, <sighs> they will be so friendly, and then they will just get, like ridiculously angry at each other. And it's so personal. Yes. It's so personal. It's so much about the fact that they're England and France and nothing else. Right. Even right now. Yeah. Currently. Still. still. Brexit, anyone? Yeah. (laughs) They had a good, like, good century. Yeah. Like a a friendship. A really good century. Yeah. And then this... And they're like, and now we're back here. Great. And now now you do this to me again. And now you don't want to be in my club, then just get out of my club. You're always like this. Either you're in or you're out. (laughs) You're in, and then you get weird and xenophobic, and then you leave again, or you want to take over my thing. It's always something. England. Ah! Just screaming. And it's like, well, you're fussy, and I hate you. It's fair. Yeah. (laughs) France is pretty emotional as a country. But anyway, so... uh, in 1392, so that that kicks off some talks between him and Richard, mm-hmm. where they're trying to figure out, Richard II, I have to check which Richard, because uh, they're trying to figure out, like, can we come to an agreement on anything? No. Basically. I doubt um, So he enters peace talks with Charles uh, in 1392, but he unfortunately also becomes ill at that time with a fever and convulsions. Uh, and this will kick off his 44 recorded attacks of madness. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. They're attacks? Attacks. Oh, no. So. What What does that mean? Uh, well, you know. Tell, tell me. So growing up, when he's younger, uh-huh. Charles has no signs of mental illness or instability. Uh-huh. Like, he's totally normal and everybody's like, good time. Yeah. And sure. he's got a lot of people paying a lot of attention to him. Yeah. So if somebody if saw him being weird, they would have written it down. Right. <laughs> but they didn't. So we're pretty sure he's pretty chill until he gets into his early 20s, mm-hmm. um, which leads a lot of people to think that he has schizophrenia because that mm. often shows up in your early 20s. Um, mm. I'm glad to be out of my early 20s because my grandma has schizophrenia mm. and it was a concern to me. So, bye. Um, other people say he might have had bipolar disorder, which, like, I guess if he has really severe bipolar disorder, but my family, like, lots of people in my family have bipolar disorder. I kind of have, like, a watered-down version of bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and I just don't think it makes you this crazy. All right. Alone. I mean, so, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear what he do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other people think he might have had typhus or encephalitis. Yeah. Which see, is entirely there's possible. All, there's also that. It's like, it could be <laughs> mental illness. It could be physical illness. It could illness. be that his brain's on fire. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It could just be that maybe he's, like, not a great person. Right. And um, Or maybe he's just, like, making stupid mistakes. And specifically with encephalitis, it's marked by uh, character change, impulsiveness, aggressiveness, um, and intemperate activity. So it, like, comes and goes. I feel like that's a really long time to have encephalitis. Because it's an infection, isn't it? I think so, but I don't know. I don't know when he mm. gets it, and I don't know when... I may be thinking of meningitis. 
as like meningitis is definitely being being a like much more severe fast acting right thing i don't know a ton about encephalitis i just know that it's like that your brain is cooking Mm -hmm. so it's bad it's also (laughs) um porphyria which is uh Another one that a lot of people think that a lot of um, royalty who were crazy had. <laughs> um, and it has actually apparently been diagnosed for his ancestors, that they're like pretty sure that's what they had. So they think genetically he might have gotten that because it is a hereditary disease mm. and it has many painful physical symptoms like uh, inflammation of bowels, uh, painful weakness of limbs, and sometimes loss of p- the power of feeling. So sometimes you can't feel things like touching you. Interesting. Um, and it makes you a little... A little weird. Uh, severe attacks can result in visual and auditory disturbances, delirium, and progressive uh, senility. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Senile. Uh-oh. Yeah. So it can be bad. Uh, and his immediate ancestors, uh, his mother, Princess Joan of Bourbon, um, she also was seen as unstable. Um, she had a nervous breakdown in 1373 after the birth of her seventh child, which, like, who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, She's probably just bummed out. And at 12 years old, she married Charles V, who's the wise of France. Um, and he had gout uh, and his hand, like, in his hands and feet, and he died when he was 43. Mm. So probably not the best genes from either of them. Nah, but no. they just, they won't marry outside of the pool, so it's right. going to keep getting worse. I have a long quote here of the first uh, incident Uh-oh. of his madness Uh-oh. that's written very much in a style I appreciate, yeah. <laughs> to the point that I'm going to have to censor some of it. Uh, it says, <laughs> soon after, in 1392, he found himself leading a campaign to Brittany in order to capture and royally F up a man who attempted to murder a close friend. <laughs> yeah, Okay. So so far, normal. Normal. The failed assassination unnerved Charles, and he was in a fervor to come at the bro who so brazenly came at his best bro. <laughs> at the bro. At the bro. Bro, you came at my bro, bro. Yeah. No, you gotta die, bro. Bro. <laughs> uh, he was disconnected and impatient to the point of fury. As- eventually, on a brutally hot day, uh, a- when as odds are on their journey to Brittany, mm-hmm. Um, a leper ran up to Charles and screamed of coming betrayal. Okay. He continued to do so for a half hour, trailing behind the procession. Can someone murder him? This did not bode well because screaming treason at a mentally unstable king is a lot like a hypochondriac finding a lump. Yeah, it's bad. It's, like, not the best. And, like, what are kings most afraid of? It's that, like, their closest (sighs) friends are going to destroy them. Yeah, that, like, nothing they know is safe yeah, or because that they can trust. everyone else wants to get their power. And he's mm-hmm. already had problems with this with his uncles. Yeah. Who were, at that point, his closest family members. So he's kind of primed for it to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, nowadays you're like, I mean, maybe you don't trust the sick man on the side of the road. Yeah. But, um, you know, everything's like an omen. And a lot of people then are sick. <laughs> right. Like, so that doesn't mean, like, he's a crazy weirdo. Yeah. Like, it's just a random citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, my quote says, it's a slippery slope to crazy town. <laughs> <laughs> a little slip and slide to crazy. To, whoa. Uh, around noontime, a page dropped off. 
from the heat, so he, like, passed out. Mm-hmm. And he dropped the king's lance that he was holding. Uh-oh. What? Like, like, a page is holding it for him. And he dropped on it? No, he just dropped it. Oh, okay. I'm like, holy crap. No, but it goes clang, clang, clang. Uh-huh. Um, and Charles is so startled by the noise that he charges at his own men and in an hour-long rampage killed and wounded several of his party before Whoa. falling into a coma. Uh-oh. That's, like, not the best. Specifically, the king managed to kill uh, four knights before he could be restrained. That's a, that's a tricky one because he can't, like, attack him. Yeah. You, can't you just def- have to, like, tackle him. You can't, like, really defend yourself. No. Because he's the king, and if you hurt him, they're going to murder you. Yeah. Rough. It's bad. Uh, so the trip is cut short, and <laughs> they take Charles back to Paris. They're like, how was your trip, honey? It's like, ah, he's in a coma now. Yeah. So it wasn't great. No explanation is ever discovered for the outburst. Um, but the, but one of the people I read said who wrote this article said, it is fun to point out that the first man he killed was known as the Bastard of Polignac. Polignac? Don't know. That is fun. Um... And then there was, I didn't read it because it was like just too much because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Reddit. But oh, especially Reddit. if you go to historian pages on Reddit, like people know their shiz and mm-hmm. people do a lot of research to yeah. answer questions on there. And then it's just too much for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we like a more watered down, digestible version of history. And that's not what they have. They got dense. Uh, and so but the point being, though, I briefly looked at, uh, you know, a question on there where someone was asking, like, did they ever talk about this guy in anything else? I've only ever heard his name in these stories. And basically the other historian was like, no. Like, I've tried really hard to find any other information about him, and it's always connected to these stories and nothing else. The the bastard? Yes. Which is strange, because people point it out a lot. I mean, maybe it's just that that's his only claim to fame. That's his one-hit wonder. Maybe, but they don't know why he's called that or, like, anything else about him. It's very bizarre. (laughs) So someone wrote it down that that was his nickname, and then everyone... It's one of those things that all historians quote when they talk about the story, and no one knows anything about him. It sounds to me like it's just a thing that everyone knew at the time, but that was, like, the only thing he ever did. So now no one's like... (laughs) Like, well, wait, who is he? And they're like, oh, you know, it's like the bastard. Oh, yeah. You know him. Everyone knows him. Everyone knows. No one else wrote anything down about him. And he's a bastard, so, like, no one's going to claim him. Yeah, like, who cares? Who cares? Whatever. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, sorry. I mentioned earlier that this was a request, but I forgot to say who requested it. Yes. And it was Troy C. from Ottawa. So thanks, Troy. Hell yeah, So many Canadians today just killing it. Just murdering the thing. So, thanks for the suggestion. I hope you enjoy. Back to the show. So, Char- as he attacked his men, apparently he was reported to have said, forward against the traitors. They wish to deliver me to the enemy. And they're like, uh, what? Huh? And then one of them gets stabbed to death. <laughs> oh, he's serious. Oh, about us? Wait, we either, we're the traitors? We were going to kill the other guy. We just wanted to kill the other guys. Uh, and then he became insensible and mute and then passed out. All of his, like, dying nights are like, hey, Lord, what the hell? So this is the beginning of uh, many instances (laughs) where Charles has an episode. Yeah, I was going to be like, maybe they're just exaggerating about schizophrenia. It's like, it might be. No. Um, Or maybe it was heat stroke. Oh, maybe. His attacks normally last from three to nine months. 
Oh, no. And are interspersed with about three to five months periods of sanity for the rest of his life. On the other hand, if you, like, don't treat schizophrenia, do you have, like, moments of, like, months of clarity? I have no idea. Is that how it works? I, I don't know a ton about it. I don't really know that much about schizophrenia that's not, like, movie schizophrenia. Right. Um, it's not good. No. Especially if it's not treated at yeah. all. Right. So, uh, oh, and his episodes become increasingly violent over time, mm-hmm. which is impressive because the first one was murdering four people. Yeah. Um, and it led a lot of the people in proximity to him to be nervous. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're like, what's happening? Can you imagine? And if we ask him about it, he's going to think we're the traitors. Especially, like, if you worked with his dad. Yeah. And his dad was supposed to be all wise and cool and saved all this money and really smart. And he had gout, yeah. but, like, who doesn't have gout? It's <laughs> like, the 1300s. Who amongst us does not from right. time to time? And that's not a mental illness. It's just, like, a physical thing. Yeah. And so you're, like, cool. And he raised his son, and his son seems cool. Especially, like, he's so put together when he's, like, 19, right. 20. He seems like, oh, this is going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be another smooth he's sailing king. He's doing great, and we really need a good king right now. And then... He gets brought home, and you're like, oh, I thought you were going to go on that mission. And they're like, yeah. Um, he started shouting, and then he killed He a started killing people. us. Four people died, and now he's in a coma. I'm like, oh, no. And you're like, uh-oh. But you're also like, maybe it was like he was just, you know, overheated or something weird. One of those kingly whimsies. And then it keeps happening. Oh, no. It's and happening. you're just like, oh, no. Anyway, um, it happened again. It's a bad time. There's also, uh, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but there's also a lot of information about his wife um, and about her being like a bitch, basically. Okay. <laughs> um, and I I don't know how to feel about her. I don't love her. Mm-hmm. She's got problems. Issues. But um, I feel like a lot of it is just because she's a woman who has power a long time ago. Right, no one likes that. No. Uh, uh, because if you're king, you know, as we've seen in the past, yeah. if your king has episodes where he randomly falls into a coma or he yeah. randomly starts being insane, yeah. um, someone has to be in charge. Right. And it's not going to be him. There needs to be a VP, so to speak. Yes. And so in this case, the VP is his brother Louis um, of Orléans. Yeah. And his wife. That's definitely the last Louis we're going to see in French history. <laughs> no more ever. <laughs> no more Louis after this one. But so, yeah, his bro- his younger brother uh-huh. and his wife um, are the other people. Okay. Which, um... Cool. Yeah. Uh, he did the thing again where he murdered everyone. <laughs> we're going to need you to come in early. So about a year later... Uh-oh. Um, his wife is having a mask ball for the marriage of one of her ladies-in-waiting. Oh, no. That, that's got to be. I mean, for someone who thinks some, everyone's out to get him, a mask <laughs> ball is like just a trigger party. Yeah. This See, this one's actually not his fault. Yeah, so. like this one. This almost sounds like they're well, trying to set him off. No, no I, like they're gas tanking. This, this is actually entirely not his fault. Mm-hmm. This is just a thing that happens. Yeah, but um, it's not a good thing. So, uh, as part of the party, Charles and five courtiers disguise themselves as savages. Oh, oh that's fun! <laughs> Hilarious! You know those starving people who attack people in the streets? Let's uh, be them. 
Let's be those people. And so basically they dress up in these um, linen costumes that are smeared with pitch so that they're dark colored. Uh-huh. And they got feathers on them. And they were, they're wearing masks. And you're supposed to guess who they could be. That's mm. like It's like a game. Yeah. And you're like, oh, who's that? And you're supposed to be like, which one's the king? You know? It's it's fun. Fun. Party games. Woo! And so he, him and his five friends, it says they also, they dress up as wild men, half human, half beast. And they're also wearing like ugly pieces of fur and stuff. Yeah. Sure. Um, all of them are apparently chained together. I don't know why. Uh, you know, it's a party. And they're dancing and they're acting crazy and they're swearing and hooting and everybody's like, ha <laughs> I'm going to swear. It's so funny. Who could they be? Um, <laughs> I have a quote that says, despite strict orders not to light the room's torches until the dance was over, the king's drunken brother approached with a flaming torch to peer more closely with the inevitable result that the costumes caught fire. Yeah. That's the thing about having costumes that are, like, made out of, uh, you know. Pitch. Pitch. It's supposed to be on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the six of them all get set on fire. <laughs> all at once. They can't escape each other. Yep. That is um, horrifying. Charles is saved by the Duchess of Barry, who throws her voluminous skirts over him. Ooh. Yeah. That's fun. Hi. Um, you know, to save him. Yeah. That's all. Uh, but And another one of his compatriots is able to jump into a washing vat. Like, just water. Yeah. And so he's okay. But the other four and his brother all die. Oh, no. Different brother than the one I mentioned earlier. It's so weird that they have so many brothers when, like, when you're describing them growing up, it's like, oh, this is clearly an only child. <laughs> no. He has <laughs> many brothers. No. There's there's other. There's, and he's there's... not the dumbest one of them. Clearly, it's this guy who's now dead. <laughs> right. It, from yeah. I setting wonder. himself on fire. I wonder. Uh, apparently, Queen Isabel faints in terror, which mm-hmm. is fair, because now her party is ruined. Right. And her husband almost died from it's fire. basically hell. Um, the event is called the Bal des Ardents, which is the dance of burning men. So that's uh, You know, let's go have some burning man pie. <laughs> I get it, burning we'll man. We'll go to burning man and set each other on fire. This is the first burning man. The first burning man. <laughs> where people actually burned. The 1300s. So fun. Uh, there was such great music there. Yeah. And people on fire. It was great. We all got, like, dirty and wore fur all yeah. over Yeah, pretended to be savages. Yeah. Real chill. Just got, like they do now. I got Man. some woman's skirt. <laughs> just like at Burning Man now, right? Yeah, it's just like Burning Man. I've never been. I've heard Burning Man is getting a lot more... Uh, Commercial. Com- com- like, corporate. Yeah, well, of course. Like, a whole bunch of Silicon Valley CEOs are like... I mean... It's basically their vacation now. As is with everything. Yeah. Nothing gold can stay. Get out. <laughs> So, in order to fix his crazy problems, because that episode, you know, of, like, that event really kicks off the crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think it's because it gave him, like, PTSD, which is fair, um, especially because all those people died and he easily could have been one of them. Also, um, like, for a, for at least a few minutes, you're chained to a bunch of burning-to-death people. Screaming. Yeah. There's a there's a picture of it I'll show you later. Ooh, is that that one with the guy with the dead eyes? And you're no. like, how old is he? No, no, no. It's a different one. Okay. It's very pretty. Um, <laughs> it's very beautiful. I love the art. But f- And we'll post it on our Facebook page. But for... Um, to, to fix his mental problems, because he's having a real hard time after that, uh, a surgeon drills some holes into his head. Oh, no. Hoping to relieve the pressure on his brain. I mean, that's always the 
first step yes. is to drill into the brain. Yeah, into your head. Brain surgery should be your first your, attempt. Your go, your, you're like, your you're go-to. feeling a yeah. headache and you're getting kind of crazy. Yeah. And you're like, how about we just puncture some holes in my skull? Um, and apparently he felt momentary relief after the operation. Um, but then he suffers a relapse in 1395. So it doesn't really work. Oh, no. Uh, which is like a year or two later. Uh, he, so at different times, he forgets his own name. He doesn't recognize his wife when she's brought to him. Oh. Um, which is like, it's a, the only mental health treatment anyone could think to try, apart from enemas, of course. I mean, yeah, that's been a standby for yeah. centuries. Yes. Enemas, but, yeah. head holes, talk to your wife. You can bore into the skull, you can shove things up the butt. Or you can talk to your wife. And one of one of the authors of these articles wants you to not feel bad for the queen that she's married to this crazy man. Uh, because in that same year, she authored a decree forcing French Jews to sell their belongings and leave the country, mostly to Poland. Yeah. She's German. Everyone <laughs> loves the Jews. Germans love Jews, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's not, like, the coolest. But also, she is married to a psycho who might murder her. So I get it. I guess. If you're married to a psycho, may as well get rid of the Jews. <laughs> I mean, they're not related. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't expect her to be perfect, I yeah. Um, so Charles spends the winter of ni- or 1395 to 96 claiming to be St. George and insisting that his family crest be redesigned to reflect it. I mean, that's how I spend my winters, mostly. <laughs> and everybody's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. and hoping that they're like looking at their watch that doesn't exist, <laughs> hoping that time will just pass by faster. I hope this stops. I hope we get out of this again. <laughs> Um, in 1397, he becomes aware that his brain is clouding again, and oh, he re- no. like he he can feel it coming. Yeah, and he requests that they take his dagger from him because he's oh, worried that no. he's going to hurt somebody or himself. Oh no! Which is like that's a sad thing. Is like it really seems like when he is coherent, he's kind of great. Like yeah. he seems like a cool dude, and like. He is worried about how his behavior is affecting mm-hmm. other people. He has a sense of like regret and like not wanting it to happen again. Right, but he but he has such a sense of duty and he's trapped in mm-hmm. doing that. Like he knows that he's king and that's how it is. Right. And it's like kind of terrible for everyone, him included. And so uh, he gets some university doctors to come in and they believe that he's a victim of sorcery, of course. Because, I'm surprised they didn't come to that conclusion earlier. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't jump to magic as quick when you're the king. Yeah, maybe not. They they went for science first with the holes. Yeah. And uh, around 1398, some attempts were made to exercise him. Okay. Um, and apparently Charles thought that could be the possibility, too, because they're kind of running out of options for as far as what they know could be happening. Has anyone tried to be like, maybe it's because you tried to back the anti-pope? <laughs> no, not that I read. But he said, apparently, if there is any one of you who is an accomplice in this evil I suffer, meaning like cursing me, uh, I beg him to torture me no longer, but let me die. Okay. I'd rather be dead. Yes. He he really hates everything about it. Um, So he's, you know, claiming his name is George, whatever, and being crazy. Um, He starts running from room to room until he's exhausted and passes out. And wailing that his enemies are coming to get him. Um, later, when he keeps himself in the dark, he's like 
shuttered up in an apartment, mm-hmm. and anyone who gets near him, he, like, attacks viciously. Oh, no. So he's just, like, hiding in a dark corner. And apparently before this, he was, like, you know, he won tournaments, and he was really into, like, military expeditions. Yeah. And he was, like, he loved the outdoors, and they'd go hunting all the time. And then now he's just, like, hiding in a dark room alone, and no one's allowed to come in. So it's rough. That's sad. Yeah. Um, he'd smash furniture and urinate on his clothes. Um, and his daughters, um, he, has, he has quite a few kids. I think they end up having like 12 kids. So Good that's job. what happens when you marry out of your family. Good job. <laughs> Nailed it. And you have a hot wife. And your wife is hot. Um, not all of them might be his, but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah, once he gets like real crazy. Mm-hmm. You like have to wait until his sanity like is in for a couple weeks. And then you're like, now nah, I can have sex with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but his daughters, like, live in a room, like, close by to whichever room he shutters himself up in. And on one occasion, he regains his senses, like, in the middle of, like, screaming. Mm -hmm. And he realizes that his daughters can hear him. Like, screaming and freaking out. And, like, goes to see them and they're, like, scared of him. Right. That's terrible. And he's just, like, devastated that, you know, he's that he doesn't seem to have control over himself and that that's happening entirely, like, separate Mm -hmm. and, like, just real sad. Hilarious. Your family is afraid of you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he would also go on wild sprints around the palace. Like, he wouldn't just run inside. He'd, like, start running outside. Yeah. Uh, So much that... uh, Oh, sorry, I had to read. Which often ended in the royal gardens where the royal person was found in his royal nudity, squatting in the royal dirt. Uh, And they had to come up and grab him. But he'd do it so often that they started walling up the doors to the, like, corridors. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't just run out. Because it would look like he's going to run straight into the wall. Yeah. Yikes. Mm Mm-hmm. For some months in 1405, so this is happening over many years, Charles refuses to change his linens, to bathe, to be shaved, and as a consequence, he is afflicted by skin trouble and lice. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I have another quote that says, He would stop caring about personal grooming to the point where his servants eventually had to cut him out of his clothes. Yeah, it's like that bad, that bad level of uh, not doing good. It's real bad. Yeah. And so they try to do some shock treatment on him. <laughs> what they mean when they say shock treatment is they arrange for men to hide in his room with blackened faces oh my and God. then jump out at him to scare him into... That's going to help. <laughs> That's going to help into uh, snapping out of it. Uh, no. That sounds like the worst idea possible. It did work. It did work? I mean, really? After that, he agreed to like take a bath. Okay. So... Uh, I don't know. But that probably means he was already out of it. Right. Or, like, he was coming out of it. Yeah. So, anyway. Or you just, like, scared the hell out of him so bad. He's like, fine, I'll take a bath. Just and don't murder the, me. At the same time, um, in 1405, Pope Pius II, he wrote that uh, he was refusing to bathe and everything, and that he threatened to kill anyone who touched him because he said he was made of glass and he might break. Hmm. So they couldn't touch him. Interesting. Um, weirdly, at the... This time period, that is a very common delusion. Yes, lots I've heard of, of people that. write yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, and as far as we know, he's the first person to say that, like mm-hmm. that anyone wrote down. Right. That that he said that because they were like, that's weird, because um, he's crazy. So that everybody's writing about everything he does. Right. He's afraid that they're gonna. He's gonna shatter if anyone touches him. So he forbades his courtiers to come even close to him. 
One of the theories is that it's some, it's associated with depression and anxiety and a morbid fear of your surroundings in general. Yeah. Um, so that they, they believe everything nearby is potentially lethal to them. And right. that, that kind of manifests, like that anxiety manifests as feeling like you're made of glass. I've, I've heard of it, uh, people writing about um, tryptophobia, I think. That's yeah. like the fear of holes. Yes. Um, you know, like in locust pods or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and as sort of like a mimetic sudden illness that like hasn't really ever existed, but yeah. suddenly it becomes popular and people start noticing and they're like, oh yeah, I definitely have that. Oh uh, yeah. And right. uh, they're like, oh yeah, like people used to think that they were like made out of glass, mm-hmm. um, which people don't really do anymore. Right. It was like really popular for a century and then it disappears entirely. Right. But then I'm like, Given what, like, time period it is, it's not a bad idea to think everything's going to kill you. Right. It probably will. And not only that, but, like, the... Because, you know, at this time, obviously, they don't have a great understanding of, like, mental health. Mm -hmm. But the extreme mental stress that everyone is under from every side, it's like, why wouldn't they have a breaking point where they're like, I'm made of glass? Yeah. It makes perfect sense to me and why it goes away. Because then people are like... Because I was reading things that people were like, is it an illness if it just disappears? Like, because it wasn't cured or anything. And I'm like, I mean, it's just a delusion. And it's like, people have other delusions now. Right. But like, this is the time period delusion for these people because they're all under the exact same stressors. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening. And then like, someone's like, it's like I'm made of glass. And everyone's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly how I feel. Right. And it's probably not like they are, they treat it very literally, like Mm -hmm. when they're talking about it, but it's probably more just the feeling of like having a panic attack and being overwhelmed and you feel like every, like you're just going to die, you know? And so like, that's just how it manifests. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, it, the illness is noted in the anatomy of uh, melancholy. <laughs> they we got the melancholy. Melancholy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of writers write about it. Miguel de Cervantes, uh, you know, he wrote Don Quixote. He also wrote a play about this disorder called The Glass Lawyer. Mm. Uh, Rene Descartes mentions the glass del- delusion in Meditations on First Philosophy, which is the text where he apparently proves the existence of God. Oh, you know, um, just like that. Casual. I was like, really? <laughs> I'm going to have to read this. Um, apparently people wrote a lot of satirical poems and stories about the disorder. Um, and the article that I read wanted me to know, it wasn't just known, it was famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, because it's so weird yeah. that, like, why wouldn't authors be like, that's an interesting idea. Right. Um, <laughs> and when kings start getting stuff, it's like... Yeah. You know, you got to write about it. And this it. is from, like, the 15th to the 17th century. So it's, like, late... Um, Middle Ages, early Renaissance time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tales of people who have been afflicted with glass bones, glass heads, glass arms, glass hearts uh, in medical and literary texts of the time. One unfortunate man was convinced his buttocks was made of glass <laughs> and that sitting down would smash it into flying shards. Interesting. I mean, so can't you can't just sit like, down? Can't you just reach back and test it? <laughs> no. No. Too scared. Too scared. Um, he was afraid to leave the house in case a glazier tried to melt him down <laughs> into a window pane. He's going to melt my ass. Yeah, the glass man is going to get you. <laughs> the glass man. The glass ass man. Um, another guy traveled to Murano, an Italian island famous for its beautiful glass, hoping to fling himself into a kiln and be transformed into a goblet. Whoa. 
Yet another case tells of a scholar who believed that the surface of the world was made of glass, beneath which lurked a tangle of serpents. He mm-hmm. did not dare leave his bed for fear that he would smash the glass and fall into the snakes. Yeah, sure. Fair. I mean, it's a fun way for you to not get out of bed. I mean, I understand. Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. Right. Yeah. And, like, why not Right. <laughs> why not say the earth is made of glass and there are snakes? And there are snakes under it. Because I'll tell you we're on the second floor, so yeah. <laughs> you can get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> and the wife's like, we're on the second floor. You can get out of bed. Get, and she just pushes him. And he's like, ah, snakes. Snakes. I'm going to get me. Okay. So... Um, the four humors theory, as we've spoken of mm-hmm. multiple times, is uh, prevalent at the time. And different personalities have different, like, stronger biles of whatever mm-hmm. kind, fluids. Yeah. And uh, all of this glass delusion is under the umbrella of melancholia. Mm. And uh, that is caused by an excess of black bile. Yeah. A lot of people who have this are, like, poets. And like right. sensitive people, like the scholars, the the pallid Victorian sad boy is kind of the yes. archetype of melancholy. Philosophers, really smart people have this. Mm-hmm. It's the smart disease, and um, and in a way, I'm like the the people you consider like kind of soft boys, mm-hmm. you know, that are, aren't like real tough. Yeah, um, and then it w- makes sense that they think they're glass. Um, but the reason you have this is because you have too much black bile and the way to fix that is i don't know take some nasty herbs or something you got to balance them out what's the opposite of yeah. uh, melancholy i don't know like what's the opposite fluid yeah i have no what's idea the... then black bile probably the yellow yellow Gross. Bile? i don't know Anyway, also people think that Russian composer Peter Tchaikovsky might have had this um, because he reported he was terrified that his head would fall off while he was conducting unless he held his chin. Hmm. So apparently he used to hold, I don't know how, but he used to hold it and conduct with the other hand. <laughs> he just looks bored all the yeah, time. <laughs> just very straight. Mm. I don't know. He might be like gripping it. I don't know what he's right. doing. But... And people don't, like, that doesn't sound like it's specifically a glass delusion, but it is a weird, quirky thing mm-hmm. that I'm like, I get why there might be a connection. Sure. Anyway, so Charles is having problems, yeah. but he has so many kids that it's like, it's fine, because one of them's yeah. going to be king soonish, <laughs> like, probably. Yeah, and he's got at least one boy, right? Oh, he has a ton. He's got to have. I think he has four sons. And Whoa. he's got, so he's got, like, eight daughters. Yeah. Sweet. But, like, that's great because I'm like, then you got backup sons. Mm-hmm. And um, you need those daughters to marry to other people. Yeah. So both, both ways, good time. Form alliances. Right. You just, you, you know, you better be training up that oldest son, like, real bad. See, the problem is they are, but... So he has one son that he names Charles who dies when he's a baby. Oh, of course. So then, you know. It happens. Yeah. And so then they get new ones. And um, he gets, he has two other sons who are adults who both get to about 18 years of age. Oh, no. Do they have And that's Louis of Guyon and John of Touraine. And then both of them die mysteriously. Oh. (laughs) Of something medical. Okay. Um, But there's no information about it. So they're the two oldest top sons. Oh my so gosh. then, uh, if I was, a, I would leave town. If I was an advisor, I'd be like, "Great, we have two healthy, normal, yep. 
heirs and yep. they like, both die. Yep. It's like, time to leave town. Goodbye. Time to move to England. But he still has one son, Charles. It's not enough. He, he names that one Charles, too. <laughs> Charles the second attempt. So Charles and Isabeau are having a time because mm-hmm. he's crazy and violent and scary, and she still has to, like, have sex with him and stuff, and mm-hmm. it sucks. And so, uh, and apparently during his delusions, he's very, like, aggressive towards her, mm. and he gets really lustful, and so she is scared, and so she gets him a girl, Odette de Champ d'Hiver, um, to take her place. So she's like, I don't want to die. I'm going to give him this girl. Yeah. She can die. She can die. Which is like, you know, not the coolest thing to do. Yeah. But I do get it. I Yeah, I get it. Um, and in the meantime, she is hooking up with Louis, who is Charles's brother. Oh. Oh, no. So people aren't positive yeah. that her kids are all Charles's. Yeah. They might be Louis. Either way, though, um, royal, so... It's this Could have been worse. Same bloodline. It yeah. Honestly, doesn't matter. Could have been worse. And, like, she's spending a lot of time with him because whenever Charles is crazy, they're taking, a, a, like, care of the affairs together. Right. Because he's, like, substituting for Charles, and then she's, like, actually in charge royalty, so, like, she he needs her, like, approval for stuff. Although that does mean that he's also cheating on his wife. Yeah. Mm. It's a good time. Cool. If he's married, I don't know. Oh, I thought he was. Like, him and his wife were taking care of... They were the VPs? No, no, no. Him, no, his, No, no. He and Charles's wife are taking care oh, of okay. Stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Just the two of them. I don't know if he's married. It never says. Mm. Uh, but we don't care if he's cheating on his wife, because that's what men do, right. I guess. Uh, it's only important that she's cheating on him. Right. And we don't know that this is true, but, like, why wouldn't it be true? They're spending a lot of time together. He's supposed to be handsome, probably. And she's hot. She's no, Yeah. And she's the queen. And she has nothing to do. And, and apparently they've been um, close for yeah. quite some time. Which, you know, why not? They live in the same house and they hang out all the time. Yeah. Even before Charles is, like, super crazy. And then, you know, whatever. Super freaky. But uh, apparently most people... They doubt the legitimacy of her, mostly her younger children, because mm. she has the older ones earlier with yeah. Charles when he's normal. Right. So they're like, nah, probably she's not having kids with him anymore. Right. Because he's crazy. And he, she got him a girlfriend because she's like, leave me alone. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and her relationship with Louis is apparently at, his, at its height when young Charles, uh, who's now the Dauphin, is born. So maybe he's Louis's son and not Charles's, mm-hmm. but we don't know. But she's also apparently much more um, worried about her younger kids than her older kids. Like she's, she's doting on them a lot more and spending a lot more time on them, mm. which generally would make you assume that she cares about them more because perhaps she values the relationship with the, their father more. Sure. Which might be Louis. But whatever. But while this is happening, not only, you know, is she getting around and stuff, but also other people are like, you know, the king's probably not going to live like a lot longer. (laughs) So the Dukes Uh. of Burgundy and Orléans start fighting. Yeah. um, Which are the Burgundians. Burgundians? I don't know how to say it. Are led by John the Fearless. Which, mm. like, what a great epithet. Cool. yeah. Um, who, he's the successor of Philip the Bold. So, <laughs> Burgundians okay. just have a good time that, with those. I told you, they have a reputation. And they decide that they're going to murder Louis, who's the Duke of Orléans, in 1407. Cool. Because if he's gone, 
then they can hopefully take over. Yeah. Because, like I said, there's a couple royal families, and, uh, yeah, they can be in charge. You gotta get rid of them. Bye. And so the queen has, that's her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. Charles's brother, same Louis, and she's recently lost her 12th child shortly after its birth, and is, like, pretty upset about it. Mm -hmm. And yet, still, um, it says she openly joined the party of her lover's murderers and soon became best friends with John the Fearless. Wow. Because she knows how to survive. Yeah, And good. she doesn't really seem to care about nobody. <laughs> French people are annoying to her. She's out for her. She didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. She had to because they married her here. None of you speak German. Uh, the Duke is opposed to the Count Bernard Seventh of Armagnac who married his daughter to the Orleans heir. And so then that's why they hated each other, I guess. Okay. Who cares? I'm, I'm very lost. It was confusing, and I'm not going to read it again. But the most important thing you need to know is that the Burgundians uh, go up to England, and they tell Henry V that they will ally with him um, for the Battle of Agincourt. Mm-hmm. Which is not okay. Uh, it's great it's, for England. It's really not cool. <laughs> it's, it's super shady. And this is where I was talking to you before. I said, like, I never understood why this battle went this way. Because mm-hmm. it is very confusing. Right. Like, the French people in Agincourt uh, have way more soldiers. Yes. And um, presumably they are just as competent. Mm-hmm. At whatever they're doing. But not only do the English have better weapons than they do, uh, they also have this king who's given them problems yeah. for, you know, 10 years, basically, it's or not, 20 years. Not good. And their own people have betrayed them. <laughs> and Burgundy is, like, I think pretty far north, mm-hmm. so just lets them in as deep as possible. Just opens basically. the doors. Yeah. Because they're like, well, if I'm friends with England, when they take over France, they'll put me in there. Mm-hmm. And then I get to be king. Cool. And I'm like, that's this is bad. You're terrible. <laughs> You're a terrible French. Dude, Napoleon would be so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> this goes against everything Napoleon taught if us. he knew <laughs> that you were doing it, he'd go back in time to kill you. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the French in Agincourt, if you don't know, they lose... Uh, if you haven't read Henry V, <laughs> if you don't know, they lose. They, uh, spoilers, they lose. Sorry. Um, it's a big plot point in Henry V, which is why we read that at the mm-hmm. beginning. Because it's uh, all connected. If you are English or French, you absolutely know yeah. what yeah. happens. You know. It's a big deal. It sucks. It's like Waterloo and Agincourt are the two big ones. And they both involve the same people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the French army is five times bigger than the English army, and they still get slaughtered. They lose. It's rough. It's like the weapons are um, important, the leaders are important, and then they have, like, traitors. It's it's a bad time. It sucks. hmm So, right before this happens, mm-hmm. younger Charles is like, Dad... Mom is cheating on you. Dad. And she sucks. Yeah. We need to get rid of her. Okay. And Charles VI is like, okay. Let's hang her. Agree. Murder, murder her. No. No? Oh, good. Um, they decide to go to her place she's staying at. She's not even living at the palace anymore. She has her own she's quarters. She's in Vicenne's. Yeah. Um, and she's apparently living there with her pets and free to do as she wants. 
Uh, I have a quote that says, of course, because this is what matters. In the course of years, she has become abnormally fat. (laughs) Um, Suffering from gout, she is unable to get around without a wheelchair. Oh, dear. She has also developed a a phobia of open spaces. Uh, Why not? Why not? She's hiding. And so they go there and they're like, hey, I don't know. You don't get to be queen anymore? (laughs) Hey. But, like, she's already basically not. (laughs) So I don't know what the point is. Right. She's not one of these queens who's like, I'm going to rule. So they arrest her most recent lover, Louis de Bois-Bourdon, who's a different Louis because the other one's dead. And uh, they torture him and strangle him and throw him in the Seine in a leather sack. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And they banish her to Tours, and that's it. I mean, just... Leave her there. She's fine. She's not doing anything. Right. She did her th- her job, and you know, just let her retire. She's retired. But they're like, you have to retire in a different place. Uh huh. But you know how Henry V ends, right, Haley? Yes. What happens? I'm not. It's it's gonna be spoils. <laughs> it's it's not spoilers <laughs> for Shakespeare. <laughs> tell us how it ends. Do you want me to tell you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, especially if you've ever seen um, Ken- Kenneth Branagh, mm-hmm. um, very cute, yeah, uh, very funny, great, great version. Yeah. But uh, at the end, he gets married to a French lady, mm-hmm. and all looks good because their their son is going to be the king of England and France. Mm-hmm. United them. The end forever, right? Just like now, yeah, just like today. They're the same. <laughs> no, no. Apparently. Mm-hmm. As far as I can understand it, Isabel or Isabeau boker, or brokers this deal. How? Because at that time, Charles is out of it. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Louis is dead. And so Isabel is the only, like, coherent person who's any amount of in charge. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is before they banish her. Um, or the English don't know that yeah. she's been banished. <laughs> right. And so she's like, hey... After we have this horrible battle where our own people betrayed us to let you in. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I marry you to one of my younger daughters, who's younger than Charles, mm-hmm. and she'll be queen of England. You can be king of France once Charles dies. Yeah. And then your sons will also be king of France and England. And that's not going to work. And the English are like, awesome. I that mean, sounds great. It's a great gamble. The Hundred Years' War is over. But what if Charles has, like, any kids? No, no, no. Charles the Sixth. once oh, he dies. Right. Not young Charles. She's entirely discounted him now. But, like, he has a better claim. Yep. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> it's really bad, dude. What are you doing? No, when I read this, I was like, what in the F is happening? Like, your, your son, who's... Now you just hate him, I guess. Um, I mean, if you're gonna do that with a different king, you need to kill your son. And she doesn't, obviously. Mm. Unless you're just trying to stir up trouble. Like, maybe she really just hates France and England that much. She's like, you know, screw you. It's really rough. Um, oh, and so she's kept under guard, obviously, in tours. But she's still friends with John the Fearless. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets her released by 1418. Oh, from her from her banishment. That's how she does it. I Everything mm-hmm. makes sense now. Um, and afterwards, her new favorite guy, Jean de Vie. VA, um, is murdered by Bernard of Armagnac, who carves the Burgundy Cross into his chest. Whoa. Hardcore. Dude. Wow. 
Sometimes I wish. <laughs> sometimes I wish that I was in the olden days and had a crest so I could carve my crest into people's chests. Right. So what actually happens? Young Charles was like, get rid of mom. Mm-hmm. And then this guy uh, yeah. gets mom back, and then mom's super pissed off. I mean, if, uh, so she brokers the marriage, and then he's like, mom's a bad thing. No, it's before it's that. Before. He says, mom's bad news. Dad says, let's get rid of her. She comes back and is really mad. Uh, you should have uh, locked the door. And then <laughs> Charles invites John the Fearless to a meeting on a bridge, and they kill him. Whoa. 16-year-old Charles. Oh, my gosh. Is they kill him. Nice. Because he's, like, in his mom's ear. Yeah. Right? And he's mad because he brought his mom back. I'm kind of digging this younger Charles. He's he's cool. This, um, does he have a number? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm like, is it spoils to ask <laughs> if he lives to have a number? He's number seven. Okay. Um... And Queen Isabeau disinherits the crown prince with this, you know, with the move, mm. with the marriage, yeah. um, saying, Charles, who calls himself the Dauphin? And I'm like, oh, snap. You bitch. Man. So, yeah, she marries Catherine to Henry V and is like, yeah, your heirs will be in charge. Uh, and over, Charles over is the like, Charles's what? dead bodies. <sighs> right. Scoozy? He's, he's a little mad. <laughs> He's Charles Seventh, the little man. He's pretty mad. <laughs> the kind of irked. Um, and then, you know, it looks like the Hundred Years' War is over, because that was the problem. That was the main source of conflict was this claim, mm-hmm. and now we've solved it. We've made a new problem. We fixed it. <laughs> we fixed it. However, <laughs> um, so Henry V yeah. is supposed to be king, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But he dies of dysentery. Of course. He tried to go to Oregon. Yep. You can't. Died of poop. You just can't. And Charles gets sick during that time, apparently recovers from his fever after eating enormous quantities of oranges and pomegranates. He had scurvy. Yeah. But then he gets sick again. So are we talking uh, the sixth? Sixth. Okay. Our main boy. Charles the Mad, he, he like, gets sick, and then he gets better because he ate all that fruit, and then he gets sick again, and then he dies. Like, like a month after Charles uh, Too much fruit. Which means, now, Charles VII of France is, uh, been disinherited, and now the king of England and France is Charles VI, or not Charles VI, Henry VI, who is a baby. You fools. Whoops. You fools. Oh, doesn't work very well. Also, I feel like if you're disinherited by your crazy mom, who's not even the real queen anymore, shouldn't count. She is, though. She became the real queen again. Shouldn't count. They undid her banishment. She's not the real queen if you murder her. Yikes. People don't murder when they need to be murdering. Yeah, they don't murder at all. Sometimes they murder, and I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, why'd you murder that guy? And then sometimes... Murder your mom. (laughs) And sometimes they don't murder. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Anyway, so Charles VI dies, and uh, all of the country north of the Loire uh, River becomes England, uh, while southern France... Um, excluding English mm. Aquitaine, mm. Um, is loyal to Charles VII. Girl, you hacked up. Uh, Charles the Mad dies when he's 61, so he's quite old. Yeah. Comparatively, his dad was 43, so he's pretty old. Mm. 
Yeah, now now infant king of England is in charge of France, at least the top part. And he's going to be a baby for the rest of his life. <laughs> but guess what this means, Haley? What does it mean? Do you know who Charles VII is? No. He's the king when perfect angel baby Joan of Arc uh-huh. helps take back over France. <gasps> no! Ba-bam! Oh my gosh! It's all connected! It's him! <laughs> he's the cool one who's Woo! like... Putting on masks, being like, "Do you know who I am?" And, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." Duh. There's oh my a tr- gosh. There's a there's a sword in that church, and he's like, "There is a sword in the church." Hell yeah, there is. She's connected to God. Hell yeah, girl. There's a sword Hell in that get church. Friends back. Oh please. my god. My mom is crazy. She's so weird. She's always been like this. I hate she's her. She's always hated me. <laughs> and maybe she actually hated him because he was Charles's son. Maybe. And that she didn't have any sons with Louis doesn't sound like. Suck it up. Whoops. But anyway, that's Charles the Med. Oh, my gosh. bum ba dum Oh, my gosh. And it's fun because, you know, like I said, I obviously knew that Charles was like, hey, Joan, help me take back over France. There's so many Charleses. You forget. <laughs> 100%. And I didn't know that, like, it happened specifically because his mom screwed him out of his own country. <laughs> right. Which is pretty rough. It's kind of rough. It's kind of amazing. Especially when she's not like the, I don't know what the word is, but like when, if she was in the line. Yeah, if she was French. Yeah. Then I feel like she would have more of a claim. It would be more fair. Uh, But like, she's not from here. No. She's not, she doesn't even go here. But she has her power because her husband kept freaking having an episode every other day. So like, they came to rely on her. So when it gets to that point, they're like, well, she knows best. And it's like, she does not. She does not. She just handed us over to England. You Wasn't s- Germany supposed to protect us Germany from England? sold you down the river. Oh, my gosh. Because she's just like, I'm mad, I guess. I hate you. But, yeah, so I don't, I don't love her. But, uh, <laughs> you know. I gotta love her, though. Boy, she made some good plot twists. But, man, is it a fun time. Oh, my God. Oh. So there you go. That's Charles the Mad, the Sixth of France, who just, there's so much hope. It's like in that, I told you I watched that one documentary, like, episode of, uh, like, the History Channel, uh-huh. where it was like, and they're so hopeful about their new Emperor Caligula, and I was like, oh, uh, no. Uh-oh. And it's like, that's like, they're so hopeful about <laughs> Charles VI, he's going to be the best. And I'm like, all of these articles I'm reading, I know that he's crazy. It's It calls him the mad in the title. Yeah, so then I'm like, uh-oh. And they're all like, he's going to be great. I'm like, uh, no. It's going to be rough. It's not going to be like the greatest. But freaking, all it takes is like a 14-year-old girl to save us all. Hell yeah. Joan is the true hero. Joan is Joan is the one. Yeah. She's the greatest. Oh my gosh. So, um, in case you didn't know about mm. those topics previously, mm. we have an episode about Joan of Arc. Right. We have an episode <laughs> about three popes. We have an episode about English catastrophes of ruling. Right. All of which I've done. <laughs> I clearly have a type. Yes. But, um, yeah. And it all fits together. You put in that Charles piece in the middle of the puzzle and it all makes sense. Uh, and I was like, magical. Because everyone who, like, hears the story of Joan's like, and then there's, like, a Charles and he's like, are you mm. legit? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, cool. Right, but it's not about him. And you never, like, learn anything else about, literally nothing else no. about him. She is the important one in the story for once. Yes. But now it all connects. Now I get it. It's all at the same time. 
all of your favorite celebrities are best friends. Yeah. <laughs> all of your historical celebrities. Ah, <laughs> uh, they all know each either other. Either were each other's dads or punch each other in the face or something. I know they probably, Fun. like, wouldn't have been cool with each other, probably, but it makes me a little sad that Henry V and um, Joe never met. Yeah, he died before that. I don't think he would have liked her, obviously. No, they had she a, ruined his thing. They had differences <laughs> of... Um, Trying to kill each other, probably. But I, I do like that Henry V is, like, the whole point of, like, the play, you know, and, like, uh, his life, I guess, <laughs> like, is that when he's younger, he's, like, a little F-boy. <coughs> yeah. And then he gets o- older and he's, like, a cool dude. Mm-hmm. And, like, it kind of sounds a little bit like that was Charles VII, too. Yeah. That when he's younger, he's, like, fourth in line, so he's, like, blah, you Whatever. know. Well, I guess third, because his one brother Diamond's a baby. But, like, the third in line doesn't have to... Th- think about it. Right, it's just like, whatever. And then both of your older siblings die, you're like, oh, no. uh, uh Uh-oh. And then you try (laughs) to make a cool move with your dad to get rid of your mom, and then she just comes back, and it didn't work. And and disinherits you? Who calls himself Sells one of your Sells one of your sisters to the king of England. Oh, my God, Mom. (laughs) Why are you like this? Mom, no. (sighs) Anyway, this episode was long. So thank you, (laughs) Troy, for suggesting this. It was lovely. It's great. Um, You blew Alexis's mind. She was so excited. I was. I learned everything. It all fits, Haley. It all fits. Yeah, I was pointing at my crazy chart like, everything's connected. (laughs) And it was so exciting. So thank you for sending us that suggestion. If anybody else has suggestions, they can send them to us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot of good ones like this one. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And especially if people have suggestions, we have have Mm. noticed that the southern half of... (laughs) The world yeah. is quite empty. Right, um, right. And that is, you know, we can discuss a different time for various reasons mm-hmm. of accessibility and things. And, like, are, is it actually funny? But um, oh if you God. have any, like, funny stories that are from South America or Africa specifically. Or, like, um, Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia, South Asia, the Middle East, uh, any of those. Like we Indian would, subcontinent, the Middle yeah, East. We'd those, love to do those. Those are all fair game. So please send us those especially. And um, we love you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, we've been getting so many nice emails and, like, reviews. It's so nice. And it's so nice just that, like, you are listening to us babble about nonsense <laughs> because, like, you know, we started this just because we wanted it to be fun for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Because we enjoy talking about yeah. these things and learning things. And we're very happy that, like, we have people who really, like, enjoy listening to it and are, like, recommending us to people. It's, like, huge compliments every time. And that warms my heart. And we're so appreciative. And mm-hmm. we read your emails and, like, laugh to each other. And are just like, oh, people like Lo- us. They really <laughs> like us. It's so oh, nice. Oh, we love them. They're so nice. So thank you. Sweet babies. And um, don't trust your mom. (laughs) Don't trust your mom. If she's a Bavarian queen. (laughs) Yeah, because this is going to be after my episode comes out. Mm -hmm. I was planning on doing uh, Bodica, Uh which is going to be like, trust your mom. I mean, don't don't trust your mom because you're Nero probably. (laughs) Uh, But like your mom's better than you. Yeah. Kind of. So whatever. Really depends. It's a, it's a weird thing. Really depends on who your mom is. It really depends. Okay, bye. 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 bye.